0: Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman made his weekly appearance on the Instigators this morning right here on WGR. He gave the latest regarding trade rumors surrounding Sabres captain Jack Eichel, and Friedman said he thinks the Sabres want to move on.
1: That's the poker game we're playing right now. These other teams are saying you've got an unhappy player who
2: doesn't want to come back, and the Sabres, I really think at the end of the day, want to move on. They don't want him back. They want to move on.
0: You can listen to the full interview from earlier today on demand on WGR550.com. Elsewhere around the NHL, the New York Islanders knocked off the Boston Bruins in game six of their series, 6 2 last night. Their win sends them to the semifinals where they will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. On the other side of the bracket, the Vegas Golden Knights have a chance to eliminate the Colorado Avalanche tonight in game six of their series tonight. Puck drop 9 p.m. Another note from hockey Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, they are the finalists for the Hart Trophy. To football, preseason schedule announced today by the NFL. Bills have three preseason games now. They take on Detroit August 13th at 7 p.m. Go to Chicago. At 1 p.m. kickoff on August 21st, Bills wrap up at home against the Packers August 28th. Basketball, two playoff series tonight. Nets look to take a 3-0 lead against the Bucks in Game 3. That's tipping off in about a half hour. And then Los Angeles Clippers and Utah Jazz, Game 2 of their series, tip off at 10 p.m. Those are your Paddock Chevrolet headlines. Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. I'm Corey Griswold on WGR Sports Radio 550. Um, When it comes
1: to like exotic pets, how how do you feel about a chicken?
2: Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why is there a chicken?
1: I saw at a local (laughs) place where like you can adopt pets, It's like, you know, you're looking to see like what they got dog wise and like there's a chicken. This is a dog, not a chicken. Chickens don't look like dogs. Can a chicken be a pet? It feels like it'd be pretty easy to take care of.
2: The nightcap.
1: Who the hell would want a chicken for a pet? On WGR. This is day one and I'm already (laughs) thinking about acquiring a chicken. Sports Radio
2: 550.
1: Yes. Day one of quarantine for me last year and I wanted to buy a chicken as a pet and I never did it. I didn't buy, not buy it was uh, up for adoption. Where was it up for adoption? Some local shelter, I don't know. Okay, so a chicken, a, a
0: chicken shelter or a pet shelter? No, it was a pet shelter, because it was all dogs and cats, and there was one chicken. Can you put the chicken with the cats and dogs? Or do you have to have a separate enclosure? In the shelter? Yeah. Oh, no. You can't just separate. put that. Can a chicken, no. now, a, a domestic house cat, you think a chicken can hold its own? Could a, Could a chicken hold its own? Yeah. Straight up. No. Pound for pound.
1: I think you're going to need like three chickens to take out a cat.
0: How many chickens would you need to take on a house cat? I think three. Because chickens, I mean, they got the. You think one? They, they do got it? talons,
1: right? Yeah, but the mobility is just not there. They're the
0: cat di- are. They are. They're, they're swift. They're dinosaurs, man. Like, they've got <laughs> that instinct in them somewhere. Well, where are the dinosaurs now? That's a fair point. I mean, they're chickens. <laughs> That's where they are now. They're survivors. They the, are the universe threw Mount Everest at them uh-huh. as an asteroid, and they're still around here making eggs for us. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty clutch. How
1: many chickens could take out a house cat? 8030550 uh, is the phone
0: number. You're saying one? You're saying one chicken could beat a house cat? I'm not saying one chicken could beat a house cat, but I do think one chicken could send a message, and the cat would be like, all right, not this one. I'm going, because cats are smart like that. They're not going to keep going after an animal they can't beat. They pick their spots, mm-hmm. so I think the cat would try it, and then it would find out, and then it would be like, "I they got those legs, man. Those are something else. I don't want to do this. This is stupid," and that would be the end of that. Because and they're like chickens can get big, man. How, yeah. How how many uh, how many chickens do you think it would take to t- would it take to take you out to take me out? How many chickens? One chicken. Oh come on! I am listen. Stop it! I'm I'm an old man. I'm shot. You could take out a chicken. What like is this like a Legend of Zelda situation where you like you have you pick up the one chicken and hold it over your head and if you hold it too long, the all the chickens come after you. Yeah, I mean they 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 must
1: they would have to know enough that they're in danger and that they have to work together. Would you? It's they would all be. It's not like they would start fighting each other. Would you rather
0: fight twenty chickens or one large chicken? Oh. One large chicken, one for sure. human-sized. I chicken. would
1: rather go, I would rather go up against. I think I, I'd rather go up
0: against the three chickens than the the one house cat. Oh, absolutely I agree with that. I don't, no. but you said you you think the, the yes. Uh, the, I don't care what the math says. I'm just saying this like, is. I don't <laughs> want any part of the cat. But I'm sure the chickens would be like no, right. fine taking on the cat.
1: I, I'm that's why I'm avoiding the cat. By the way, people on Twitter are already telling us they think it would be four or more chickens to take out one
0: house cat. You're, now you're... we're talking tactics. Right. So you send in three chickens, frontal assault. Cats have the paws up front. They That's do. That's a
1: huge advantage. But,
0: like, a cat can is only going to grab one chicken. They're not going to grab all four.
1: Yeah, but, it, again, they, they can kind of go in and out.
0: You know, like they could pop in, give you a couple shots, and then they back out. And then chickens get big too. Like they just go you know, they got the balk action from but the wings. I don't know if you wanna be I don't know if you wanna be
1: big in this situation because you've gotta match the quickness of the cat. Chickens are not quick, right? Well, can maybe they you, are.
0: Can you intimidate a cat if you're a chicken? Can you get inside a cat's head?
1: Um, and a guess second. Guess well, the itself. other thing too is chicken or cats are like indestructible. Like they'll fall from nine-story buildings and just man, walk away like they're fine. Tail of the tape, man, it's tough. So yeah, like like not that the chickens can fly because they can't. But let's say this chicken is like a special one that could fly, and you pick up the cat and you fly into the sky and you drop it. That's a not, that's not going to work either. And they, don't, they can't even fly. I think this is obviously an absurd conversation, but I think that um, it's one that needs to be had. How many chickens would it take to take out a house cat? At Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter. So far, forty-seven point four percent say four plus, twenty-six point three percent say three, twenty-one point one percent say one. So a fourth of people think a chicken takes out a cat in a in a fight to the death. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Dave, you're on the nightcap. What's up, Dave? You've seen such a thing before?
2: I have. Well, so. yeah, I'm pretty rural. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen a chicken defending her eggs beat the hell out of a cat. One cat. And it was a tomcat, too.
1: Ooh, so and what's. Now, no, sorry. Of that chicken. I am I am definitely. Um, what's the word? I'm tomcat ignorant uh, here. So, like, what's what's the difference between no, a normal house a cat and a tomcat?
2: And he's got. He okay, got that's it.
1: Wherewithal. Okay. All right. Thanks. So, you're saying that the chicken straight up can win?
2: Not straight up, depends on the chicken. depends on the cat.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair, that's fair. But uh, th- so in this situation, though, you're saying, like this is an intimidating cat, and it was a big chicken. So kind of the best of the best, yeah. it sounds like.
2: That cat wanted the eggs. And right. that chicken kicked the hell
1: out of it. All right. Well, you when you get that maternal instinct, too, it's, that's like a whole nother level. I didn't incorporate that into this uh, this imaginary fight that we have created. Uh, Buzz in Buffalo. What's up, Buzz? You're on the nightcap.
2: What's up, Joe? How you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? Good, good. All right. If you're talking about chickens, I, I had to call in. So I used to live in, about an hour north of San Francisco in wine country, and i lived on a 3 acre property that was fenced in with 7 foot deer fencing and we had free range chickens with a coop and there were about a dozen chickens well i also had we also had two huge gray barn owls they were about 3 feet tall each and um they lived in the in the redwoods behind my house and i'm sitting i'm sitting out on my front porch one day and i'm just hanging out at dusk and sure enough one of those owls just came down and grabbed a rooster and it was gone And I'll tell you what the chickens. We also had uh, mountain lions hanging out right on the roof of the chicken coop. And I'll tell you what chickens are dumb, boy, and they don't stick up for each other. They they, they're just they're just they're really dumb. They're super dumb, dude. They're they're defenseless. They're they're prey. That's why we eat them. All right.
0: Thanks for the call. It's probably why they work out so well in California. They sound like venture capitalists. It's
2: a fa-
0: <laughs> It's a fair question by the
1: way cuz people are asking, are we talking chickens here are we talking roosters?
0: Uh, well, no, I'm talking just like classic cartoon white chicken, red feathers on the top. That's I'm, I'm whatever your quintessential chicken you're picturing in your head, that's the chicken I'm talking about. And I'm also not talking about picking a fight with a larger fighter aircraft, right? Like with an owl coming over the top of it. Right. Um that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying <laughs> your your generally speaking domestic house cat that would prefer to be laying in the sun. That animal versus the chicken you picture in your skull. I'm saying one chicken can get it done. That I mean they got to get lucky though. It could get it done. Uh, baby, we all got to get lucky, man. Listen. But, but but to me
1: we're by the way, we're talking about the cat right now, or we're talking about you. What <laughs> which one do you want to talk about? Well, let's you. How many did we get a final answer? You said one chicken. I, I said one chicken you. could probably. I don't believe you.
0: So like, is this a fight to the death? Like, I, I have on, to kill the chicken.
1: Yes, I bet on you
0: for sure. I bet on. I bet on Corey Griswold. I mean, I could probably do. I could probably do five or six. Has Peta called yet? By the way, five or six. I could probably do five or six before like the bleeding gets too much. Okay,
1: I think that that's that's probably. Oh man,
0: because I'm attacking it. I'm going after it. Like I'm going after like. A goose, you know how you know how you're supposed to go after a Canada goose. Geese go, are not to be messed with. Grab by the its way. neck. You get right up it and you grab its neck and you just hold it at arm's length and you just don't let it <laughs> intimidate you. And like that, it would be my that's my tactic for the chicken. I'm just the like, chicken is smaller though and
1: harder to, to get a hold of. I think.
0: So um, Rock- are we talking about me or are we talking about the cat?
1: No, we're talking about you. We're talking about you. And, and the the thing I think of is Rocky. Rocky couldn't catch one chicken. That's right. Now, maybe if there's more of them, you'll have a greater chance of catching one. You were the
0: one who was telling me they weren't maneuverable.
1: Compared to a cat. So, but okay, because then you're locked in, like the because to me the cat is faster and the cat it's it's one on one. Whereas listen, the the
0: chicken knows that the human is bigger that you are bigger than him. I've seen some so heavy cats, so then he has to go to the quickness card. That's fine. i I've seen some heavy cats, but we're we're talking about like a, just a generic house cat. So yeah, the average house. It's cat It's in fighting shape. Sure. Uh, I mean, like I think we're talking about a distinction without a difference when we're talking about the chicken and cat. I think the chicken can get away. I th- and if. That chicken lands one good claw. The cat is like, I'm not doing this. I this don't is know. stupid. I don't know those talons
1: though are are like they're they're not to be discounted, but are
0: they that generally speaking, I don't bad I don't feel like cats are an issue for chickens. I mean mountain lions, yes. But like domestic house cats or like barn or like barn cats or farm cats, like they don't mess around with the chickens. Why would farmers keep them around if they messed around with the chickens, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael on Twitter says, we literally call people chicken for being afraid of something. Cats win easily. Uh, Peter, a rooster is a chicken. So the answer is one. Yeah, but not all chickens are roosters. And then, depends what you mean by takeout. This is from Mike. One chicken, properly motivated, could get a ho- common house cat to run away and defeat.
0: See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, could a chicken deter the You're cat? saying the cat is going to be more of a chicken than the chicken? Correct. Cats are cowards, man. That's why we have the phrase Frady Cat.
1: Yeah, that's... This is
0: the battle of the cowards.
1: (laughs) This (laughs) is is the ultimate Mother Nature's battle of the cowards (laughs) between the house cat Battle, chicken. Battle of the Network Cowards. Great. How do how the hell do I transition from this to the Denver Broncos? By the way, well, it's seven fifteen. There's no way we can carry this on for another ten minutes. No, I just go. Just so, go. <laughs> so there's got to be a, a transition. I think at some point here. Um, I don't know how to make it, so I'm just gonna do it. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. It's the Nightcap Joe DiBiase, uh, and Corey Griswold here on WGR. Fresh off filling in for Mike Shope on Shope and the Bulldog. If you do want to call us about the chicken cat debate uh, feel free Um, but the Broncos have been on my mind since yesterday when we had that story from Kareem Jackson of the Denver Broncos their safety who said on a podcast that he's talked to Deshaun Watson in the last few weeks and Deshaun Watson wants to be a Denver Bronco and my immediate takeaway was even though it would bring another it would keep another superstar young quarterback in the AFC. I think it could be good for the Bills. Because the only thing, we have a lot of talk about playoff formats today. And the current playoff format in place by the National Football League is that there is only one buy for each conference. The one seed. That is it. And what are the Bills going to be playing for this season? At the beginnings, it will be the division. But, Given how good the Bills looked last year, and given where Miami and New England currently stand at the quarterback position, that race could be over fast. And what will be the most interesting thing about the Bills' season in the second half of the year? There's a very good chance that it is the battle for the one seed between the Bills and the Chiefs. And I don't... Think then this is something that'll go on for years. The way these two teams have built themselves, the Bills, what they've built is sustainable. They are a young nucleus at their most important positions. They have everybody signed except for Josh Allen, which that'll get done. Everybody is signed. In Kansas City, you know, at some point Travis Kelsey is going to get old and fall off the map. He's 32, It could even happen in the next couple years. But and Andy Reid. He's older as a head coach. Like there are going to be changes at some point with the Chiefs, but they have the best quarterback in the league. And that's always going to keep them at least I think around the Bills level. If even if the Bills ever t- were to surpass them. So, the one seed is in the window. And what is best for the Bills on the regular season standpoint? And this will attribute to the playoffs as well because it's for home field. It's for an automatic win in the first round. It improves your odds of winning the Super Bowl. If Denver gets Deshaun Watson and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have to go up against Deshaun Watson and a very complete Denver Broncos unit and Justin Herbert for the Chargers who just had Statistically, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen for a quarterback. If they've got to go up against those two quarterbacks, those two teams, four times a year, while the Bills, for now, New England still looks somewhat threatening, and the Dolphins look like a pretty good roster, and the Jets have a quarterback that, that he at least has the potential to be along the same lines as a Justin Herbert. But as it stands today, there's no other quarterback in the AFC East other than Josh Allen that intimidates me. Again, Zach Wilson could get there, but he has not yet, clearly because he hasn't played a game in the league. Tua does not have the skill set, in my opinion, to ever achieve the same level of play that I'm talking about with these other quarterbacks. And I think Mac Jones is the same situation. Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailoa might be good quarterbacks in the league. I cannot see them ever being elite quarterbacks given their physical limitations. And they're also first-round picks. And they're young enough to where the Dolphins and the Patriots conceivably are probably going to stick with them for a few years. They're going to be around. There's a chance Tua could be gone after this year. There's a chance. If that team looks great and he's holding them back, they could move off him next year. But I think the chances are better than not that you're going to see Mac Jones and Tua Vailoa as their quarterbacks of their teams going into next year also, especially Mac Jones. So the Bills might have an easy go of it in the AFC East compared to what Kansas City might have to face with Justin Herbert and the team that would probably be the odds-on favorite to land Deshaun Watson right now in the Denver Broncos. And honestly, if the Broncos don't land Deshaun Watson, who's the other quarterback they've been linked to? Aaron Rodgers. Denver might be the favorite right now to land Aaron Rodgers and to land Deshaun Watson. They obviously would never land both, but if you're betting on who Aaron Rodgers were to be traded to, you probably bet Denver. If you were to bet on who Deshaun Watson were to be traded to, once his legal situation gets figured out, and by the way, I don't think that's happening anytime soon, don't get me wrong, he's got 22 civil lawsuits levied against him. It's not even one class action suit where you could just settle it and it's gone. It's 22 separate cases that are against him. That's going to get dragged out. And even once that is completed, you are then going to have a suspension likely to deal with. Given the NFL's precedent in situations like this, Watson's going to get suspended. Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for six games that he fought tooth and nail for an entire season, and he lost the appeal. And he was never, never tried. And he was never sued. But the league had the information they needed, and they went ahead and they suspended Elliot. So to me, there's no way Watson's not suspended. So between that and between however amount of time the legal proceedings are going to take, this is, this is a trade that is coming down the road. But at the same time, when mentioning the suspension and the lawsuits, and if you read into all of the evidence right now that is against Watson in these sexual misconduct suits, I mean, they're gross. Like, some of the stuff in there is reprehensible that Watson did. But as much as I hate to say it, given what the NFL is today, Teams will wait a certain amount of time, and they will forget because he's 24 years old and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That player does not come available. That player does not become available. And there will be a GM that, there will be plenty of GMs probably even, that will, after a few months, say, let's go get him. Enough time has passed. The bad PR that we might encounter is over. Let's go get Deshaun Watson. And the team to look at right now for that because of who Watson wants to play for, who has a vacancy for a franchise quarterback or even a potential franchise quarterback, it's the Denver Broncos. Denver might be the one of the few teams that doesn't even have an idea, that isn't even really trying something right now. I don't think Drew Locke qualifies as that. He was a second-round pick who has struggled through two years. And you brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who might start week one for them. Denver has doesn't even have a guy that they're hopeful, I think, right now, that is going to be their franchise quarterback. I think that ship has sailed on Drew Locke. How many other teams are like that? Maybe the teams like the Raiders with Derek Carr. Maybe who? Minnesota? But they spent the first pick of round three on a quarterback that's got a giant arm in Kellen Mond, who a lot of people seem to think will get a chance there at some point. So they might think he's there. They're hopeful. The Panthers, who are linked to Deshaun Watson in the offseason, they're going to try Sam Darnold. Again, he probably isn't going to end up being a franchise level quarterback, but that's their plan. Denver doesn't even have a plan right now. Their plan is to go get Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. And I think. I think that's the team I want one of them to go to. Because on the on the broader scope, even though it's risky, because you could end up playing that team in the first round of the playoffs if you don't get the bye. And on the overall, it does make the conference stronger. But the threat it would pose to Kansas City and... The additional one or two losses that it could give the Chiefs, I think, would in the long run benefit the Buffalo Bills. Because that one seed buy is the most valuable thing that they can get in this regular season. And the regular season after that, and the regular season after that. Because I, I would want to be planning on the Bills being in that conversation uh, for a few years. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. If you disagree with me on wanting Watson to end up in Denver, feel free to give me a call. If you think that a chicken would beat a cat in a fight to the death, or, or how many the other the other thing that came up, how many chickens would it take to take you down for good? That all of these things are on the table. Plus, I want to get to something about the New York Islanders at some point on tonight's show. It's the nightcap. Jody Biasi and Corey Griswold will be looking for your calls next. Thanks for listening here on
2: WGR. People are saying, Kevin wants to trade him, you got to trade him. Adams has got to convince them, you know, not so fast. And that's what he's got to do. He's got to create the marketplace. And that's why I think all of these teams are doing this research on Michael's health and what could end up happening.
1: Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. It's just depressing.
0: It's good content. I'll give it that. I'm. <laughs> what is the... Um God, what's his name? The guy who tweets about uh sports business. Oh, Darren Revel Darren Rivel's tweet. This is yep. a sad day for my country, but this is tremendous content. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, fine. He's alright, he's gonna leave. All right, whatever. I mean teams have traded good players before and survived.
1: That is yeah.
0: Um and also teams have good players and get their butts kicked. So th- Having Jack Eichel on the team is not necessary to su- the success of the Buffalo Sabres. It helps, but it's not necessary. And also, it's kind of lousy talking about this all the time. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Like the fear bunker of when is he going to ask to be traded that we've lived in for two years. Yeah, and I don't, I, I've pe- closed the shop, sold the house. I don't need the fear bunker because I don't fear it. If he's going to leave, fine, go. What is? What are the Sabres going to be, bad? <laughs> yeah, I know, dog. You're, they're bad with you.
1: I hate to make the other side of the argument because I don't know how much I believe it. That's radio. We're just talking. you just kind of hit the nail on the head. Look at the Oilers. Look at the Leafs. These teams have elite players. Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid are arguably the best two players in the world. I would not put Matthews two, by the way. I put Nathan McKinnon. But there Mm -hmm. are people that would put Matthews second. And if you don't have him second, you might have him third. And their teams have won one playoff series combined in 10 years of hockey, 10 seasons of hockey. So you're right. Like, it doesn't always have to work just because you have the superstar player. And I feel like that's the fault of the league. Like, it is the fault of the league.
0: The league arranges their playoff series to be different than the regular season. It is the fault of the teams themselves,
1: too, because Edmonton has done a garbage time or job of pulling. Putting talent
0: around their superstar players. And, and you watch soccer just like I do. There are teams that are, are garbage defensively that have like maybe one or two great players, and that's it. But they can make some noise, right. and they can they can go places with it. It doesn't mean it's the end all and be all. But in the NHL, man, it is. There is so much luck involved in your ability. To win a playoff series, so many bounces of the puck, so many games that come down to one or two shots that are either blocked, penalties that most certainly are not called. Mm-hmm. So there are opportunities you're not getting with your best talent out on the ice to produce those scoring chances. That, like, having Jack Eichel on your team is almost minimized by the way the league handles its playoff rounds. So as you advance further, further and get better, Jack Eichel matters less because his. Great skill doesn't come through because the league doesn't allow it to come through. It doesn't want to have Jack Eichel out on the ice during on power plays, just pumping pucks into the net. That is not what the teams do in the playoffs. So you can neutralize those players and win a game one nothing or two one or three one. But and like there have been games that have been wild. There was the game over the weekend between the Lightning and uh, who was it? The Lightning and the uh, Hurricanes. Um, That's right. And that game game just got wild real quick. Yep. But, um, like, I don't know. I I don't trust the NHL at all in how the sport is structured and how the culture is structured. To have Jack Eichel Eichel matter to me as much as all of our logic tells us it should. So if Jack Eichel's going to go, it's like, yeah, well, the league wasn't going to help me out anyway, really. And the other end of that spectrum, by the way,
1: is the New York Islanders. (laughs) <laughs> who last night beat the Boston Bruins to advance to their second consecutive conference finals. And they have now won. I had this tweet last night that's kind of gone viral. That was weird. I had a Saskatchewan senator senator that was tweeting about it. Or like retweeting it and then yeah. getting into it with Leafs fans. Yeah. Prairie provinces, let's hear it. <laughs> but the tweet was, Playoff series wins since the summer of 2018 when John Tavares left Long Island for Toronto. The Leafs and Tavares have won zero playoff series with all that talent. And the Islanders, who people would have
0: written off the moment he left, have won six playoff series. I got news for you, buddy. Guess where Jack Eichel rests on that mathematical equation. Now, that doesn't mean the Sabres are going to be good. They have a lot of other problems that uh, go along. They're not the Islanders. They're not the Islanders. And uh, the Islanders would never make a case for being a well-run franchise. There are a lot of stories about the Islanders, but Sabres are giving them a run for their money in terms of how badly you can run a team up and down. I mean, Eichel doesn't have to be the end of it. We have a a ton of examples of guys leaving teams and teams figuring it out with the assets they get back. The problem is, it's the Sabres. And they're bad at this. Right, we just saw
1: them try to do this with Ryan O'Reilly. And it went as poorly as you could possibly imagine. So how how could... And I don't think the team would expect this either. Because it's, it's unfair to expect it. If you work for the Sabres, if you are the Buffalo Sabres, it's unfair to expect fans to have confidence in you to make this trade work. It doesn't mean you can't make it work. But you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Because even though it was a different general manager, we just watched this organization three years ago trade a star center And get next to nothing back for it. And he went off and won the Stanley Cup. So, of course, fans are going to fear trading Jack Eichel. But like we're saying here, and again, I don't want to make this case too much because I don't 100% believe it. I think you're going to lose the Jack Eichel trade. Almost, almost... 100%. 100%. It's not quite 100%, but you are going to lose the Jack Eichel trade. That player does not get traded. A tw- Same thing I said earlier with Deshaun Watson, where a 24-year-old elite franchise quarterback never is available. A 24-year-old franchise-changing centerman is never available. But, it doesn't mean, even though the odds are against you, that you necessarily have to lose it. And even if you lose the trade, and this might be the larger point that we're driving at here, you can lose the Jack Eichel trade and... It could still work out for you. You could yep. still end up finding your way to being a good hockey team. Even just because of a different style of play. Hell, I hate watching the Islanders play hockey. But because of they're just four guys at the blue line and we are gonna smother you. But they make it work and yep. they win. And they might have they might feel more openness to play that style when you don't have
0: a superstar offensive player at the top of your lineup that probably won't want to play that way. And the dude running the Islanders is maybe the Dean of Builders. In the NHL, they have a head coach who is well-established and well-respected across the league. Sabres have none of that. They see, like when you said earlier
1: that they're one of the worst-run organizations in hockey, they definitely have been historically. Yeah, but But not anymore. I was going to say, I'm not so sure the last five, six years they are. Because not only is it Lou Lamorello, who you might think of as, because of course, old school, hockey GM, part of that boys club. He's probably having drinks with Colin Campbell after the game. That guy hired the second-largest analytical department in the NHL. Mm -hmm. The Islanders have the second-largest analytical department in the league after the Maple Leafs, where Lou Lamorello came from. So they kind of incorporate all different viewpoints in their organization. and. You know what? Like, it wouldn't be so bad. Of course it wouldn't be so bad if the Sabres became the Islanders. I mean, six playoff series. I mean, holy cow. Now it would I'd, be great. Win every game, one, nothing. I don't care. The, the way this looks now, I would take that in a heartbeat. But it is an example of you can lose the Eichel trade and it can, you can still find your way to being a good team. Because, by the way, the Islanders – Didn't get anything for
0: John Tavares because he left in free agency. That's right. You're at least going to get something for Jack Eichel. It's just it's what makes it so bleak is that it it doesn't have to be this bad. But nobody in this town believes it'll turn out well. No, because we haven't we haven't seen it turn out well since I was 12 years old. You gotta believe 13. You gotta believe that Kevin Adams is good at his job, and we don't have evidence of it yet. And which isn't Kevin Adams' fault. But then again, like it doesn't have to be. There hasn't doesn't have to be fault. Like, at this point, like, you just got to be good, man. You got to know what you're doing. We don't see them making large hirings in their departments to restock the organization with talent in terms of mm. an analytics department or what have you. Like, we, they, he got one assistant, and that was it. Like, that's what we've been talking about. He's got a guy now. Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> all right. There's someone else in the room. So now, it's instead of being one desk in, like, this wide, open, empty floor space, now there's one desk on one side and one desk on the other, and it's two dudes. Yeah. Great. But, like, are they an organization? No, they're not an organization at all. I, have, I see no signs of them being an organization at all. So why should I trust that they can function like one? It's so bleak. I wonder what it would take to get Fans
1: excited again, you know, because without winning, because of course that would do it. Like that's the an easy answer. Can we get a but, different owner? <laughs> there have been moments throughout this drought where we've been pumped up, where we've been hyped for it. Yeah, and that happened when they got Eichel. Mm-hmm. That happened on draft night, 2015, when they dra- When I said when they got Eichel, when the tank ended. Yes, when they when they clinched the first overall pick. I was hyped. I thought the future was bright after that night, and I was wrong, but. That's what I thought, and then draft night 2015, they draft Eichel and they acquire Ryan O'Reilly, and it was like, all right, that that night leading into opening night, we were fired up. It was a lot of new. It was Eichel, it was O'Reilly, it was Evander Kane. Even if you didn't like the Robin Leonard trade, you had at least some hope that they now had a starting goaltender who was relatively young. He was like 25 at the time. Ristolainen, no, there might still be something there. We were fired up for that team. And then there's one other moment since then that we've been fired up. And it was the lottery for Rasmus Donlin. That night, it felt like... We got we, – we our got, luck has
0: turned. Yeah, we got the piece we were
1: missing. Right. Our luck has turned. We got the guy. We got the generational talent to pair with Eichel. It's finally going to work now. Because I would say, for sure, that feeling, even though I felt more strongly about this lottery than I thought as was happening, that same feeling does not resonate with them winning this lottery. No.
0: I, I mean, it has to do with we haven't had as much – Stuff to watch. Like, we had a ton of stuff to watch with Darlene. We had a ton of stuff to watch with McDavid. And you could go and watch McDavid play in Erie. I drove
1: down to Erie, like, a dozen times. But, like, with
0: COVID, we like it's almost like all these kids who are coming up in the NHL draft, it's a blank slate. I don't know anything about any of these guys. Because we just haven't been able to really immerse ourselves in it and also just the layer of just disgust of i can't believe we're still doing this that nobody really wanted to do that much work i can't believe the people who still do the work of like doing math about this team god Mm. bless them it's why would you do that to yourself why would you do that nobody's you're not going to get a medal nobody's going to send you anything in the mail it's not publishers clearinghouse they're not coming to your door with a big fake check like you're just doing this to do it man and this is like Go, just go watch something else. Go watch something on Netflix. <laughs> by the way, I I find myself rooting for the Islanders right now. Not just because they were
1: playing the Bruins, too. By That's the a, way. a real
0: sicko take. I,
1: I know. I'll explore that more in a second. One other thing they did last night, by the way, not just kind of show the Sabres and show Buffalo that, hey, man, if Michael leaves, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. They kind of proved that yesterday. The other thing they did is they stopped – another potential massive embarrassment by the organization. Because if Taylor Hall had gone on to win the Stanley Cup as an important figure (sighs) in the Boston Bruins lineup after only getting a second-round pick, because that's always been a part of it. It it wasn't just that O'Reilly won the Cup after he left Buffalo. There were no conditions. Right, O'Reilly won the Cup after he left Buffalo, and the Sabres got nothing back. Mm. And that would have been the story with Hall. Hall leaves the Sabres. It's just like... Guys leave here, and they just win the cup. They just win, win, win. And the Islanders prevented that from happening with their win last night. Plus, they prevented Boston from winning anything more because it's the least deserving city in the w- <laughs> in sports to win another championship. So good for them. Maybe it's just the series that they just played, but I thought they were fun. I thought they played a little bit more of an up-and-down-the-ice style of hockey. I, I wonder if it's because Boston sucked them into it because that's the style they play. But I find myself rooting
0: for the Islanders. I mean it's fine. You can root for whoever you want. I just want the I want the sport to be good. No, you can't. You can't root for Boston or Carolina. I I don't want every <laughs> other night to be about like did you see what what physical act of violence happened to this person and how they were sent to the hospital. I could do without that for a couple of weeks. Yeah. From the NHL playoffs, can I get like really good hockey and that would be cool. Well, and the the best hockey you could get. And
1: you know, there was by the way a small part of me that wanted Montreal Boston in the finals just because not, 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 and I'm like Mr. Rail against the the original six thing because it's crap. It doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. The original six. It's made up by the league. But something about just getting a weird final in a weird year would be cool. But now that I think, now that I, when you sit with it and it's like, well, to, for that to happen now because it will be Montreal versus the winner of Vegas and Colorado, mm-hmm. I don't want Montreal in the final. Montreal's like the Islanders. They stack four guys at the blue line, and they ask their goalie to make thirty-five saves. So the best version of hockey that you're kind of getting at here, that I think you can get, and that I'm I am hoping happens, is Tampa playing the winner of Colorado here, Vegas, because that will be the highest level of
0: the sport in action in the in the event that it should be in. The good news is is that if you want the Sabers to win, they are primed if they get one goalie to play the way the Islanders and Canadians do and and make noise. Because they'll have good defensemen, they'll have power, they'll have uh, Darlene, they'll have a bunch of guys, and if you get one good goalie, who can, which the Sabres haven't had in forever, but if you can get one dude who can do that for you, if you can catch lightning in a bottle, suddenly you can make the playoffs without having Reinhardt or Eichel, and you can just kill the game. But that's the Sabres we Man, fell in love with see, in the first place. But see, I don't see that happening,
1: because if Granado does get the head coach job... That's not what he was in his interim basis this past season. He opened it up. He it's got also, rid of
0: the Kruger trap. It's also and not, he not said, what he had. Right? Go skate. So like he right. knew he, his he didn't team have was it. built for skating. That's right. So that's what he ran. But if the Sabres are start to be built for not that, will his coaching adapt to it? Like Kruger tried to coach a team that he didn't have. Exactly. Granado did. But if that team changes because you start everybody starts like being ejected in the outer space through the airlock, does Granado adapt his coaching method to the players he has. I mean, that's what we're going to have to – we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, 803-0550 is the phone number. We're late to a break. Let's
1: get to it here. Maybe a little bit more hockey on the other side. We've got some NBA playoff action going on right now. I don't think there is any Stanley Cup playoff game tonight. Maybe there's one later? We'll watch, uh,
0: 930, I think. There's Vegas, one. Colorado?
1: Yeah, at night. Nice. Can't wait. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. One more segment of the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase, Corey Griswold after this on WGR. listening to right now this is steely dan steely dan i have did you hear our portion of
0: the show on Chopin the bulldog uh, last week about well, steely dan buddy i'm aware Were of you mad st- at me i'm aware of the steely dan discourse i have one two three four five six seven eight steely dan bumps not one of them is reeling in the years Hmm. so like i'm going deep into the gaucho here on okay. steely dan so but i'm old so it's okay
1: I, um, you also were one of the, th- on draft lottery night, which we were just talking about a little bit here. Joe DiBiase, Corey Groswell, by the way, here on WGR for a couple more minutes. Draft lottery night. I get a call from a guy whose name I can't even remember right now. Mm. Pfeiffer? Sure. Last name was Pfeiffer from uh Goldfinger.
0: Oh, yes! Yeah, that's cool. It was very cool to hear I'm on
1: glad air. you were. You liked it, I'm glad others did. I was more intimidated in that moment than any other moment of my life on radio. Oh, that's really cool. Because, think of it from my perspective, that's not really my music. And it might even be before my time. Well, yeah, it's, it's my time, not it's, yours. Okay, so it, it's not really my music, and it's before my time. So... This guy is calling me and he's like, Hey, this is who? Fi, what's his first name? You uh, don't even know. No, I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but again, anyways, I'm old. Pfeiffer from Goldfinger calls me up. I hope he's not listening right now, by the way, because that would be. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to him. I don't think this is, but um, he. Darren, I was going to say Dan. It's not. It's Darren. That's why Darren, I myself. Darren Pfeiffer calls and mm-hmm. he says, he, He's. Uh, this is Darren Pfeiffer from uh, from the band goldfinger he did say I'm not sure if you know who I am um and he he played drums by the way for goldfinger and some 41. Oh, listen what? uh that's a really good resume yeah that is that's pretty damn good um he's from
0: Buffalo he's the sound of uh he's the sound of um Tony Hawks pro skater because really? that, that song, oh, Superman, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, right, right. is the song of that game. Yep. So he's from Buffalo, and he calls, and
1: he wants to talk about Eichel, or about the draft lottery. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this guy on. I don't know who he is, but I, like, I tweeted it out, and everybody else did. You did. Mm. You were like, all right, this is awesome. So I'm standing there with, all of that pressure on my shoulders. Like, I've got to carry a good interview for a guest that people want to hear from, and I don't know who he is. Were you looking it up as you were talking? Yes, I F- had his Wikipedia page. Cool. Now open, we're talking? Yep. Very and good. it was one of those Wikipedia pages where at the top it has that little warning sign that says, This biography needs additional citations for verification. <laughs> so <laughs> this might not be from reliable sources. So I'm like, Okay, great. I've got a Wikipedia page in front of me that might not even be. Accurate. On the high wire, man. So I, I'm going to talk to this guy, and I think I got through it. I, I, at you did some, great. I at some point realized he's in Los Angeles, and I spun it into... You did great. Ah, Jack Eichel might come
0: out to your parts, but man, I wish
1: you were here for that. Or Bulldog. Like someone that... I could have
0: talked music yeah. with J- him. Jeremy think. probably would have been a good selection here. He's probably yeah. of the age group that would know this for sure. Okay. Um, God, there's not a lot of guys here at the station who are like in my age. Bracket, this by the, late he, 30s. He,
1: by the way, uh, his genre on Wikipedia is ska punk. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. What is that? It is ska and punk combined. Do you know what Scott I is? I don't know what Scott is, oh, though. Geez, <laughs> I am to... not music literate. So in the ni- <laughs> so in the 1960s Musically and 70s, it's, uh, it's a sound from the Caribbean that went to England and merged with uh, the English uh, rock sound. Um, and a, a, it was a blur of Caribbean music from Jamaican immigrants to England that became pop punk. Have you, have you ever seen the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes. You know the song where he's running back to his house that plays in the background? I think so. You might hear yeah, the tune in so. your head. Yeah. That's Ska.
1: Okay. That is Scott. I'm going to have to go listen back to it just Let to me, make sure. If I
0: can find it in two seconds!
1: <laughs> can I, I can fill for two seconds. I can talk about what Jeremy should do with the sixth overall pick in his rookie uh, fantasy draft uh, on Saturday. By the way, uh, there is NBA on right now, and I mentioned there's hockey later. Uh, Milwaukee
0: has just exploded out of the gates. 11 nothing. They had to. Or
1: it's 11-4 now. It uh, wasn't looking good
0: for them, was it? They were having a hard time against Brooklyn.
1: No, Brooklyn has been all over them, so...
0: Somebody was looking up reverse sear here on the Google machine.
1: That was probably Franklin because Jeremy was talking about his reverse sear that he's probably enjoying right now. And I'm very jealous of. I, am by the way, am going to be having a nice chicken pot pie dinner tonight. It's 8 o'clock on a hot, steamy, humid summer night. But I'm having a delicious chicken pot pie and I don't even care how heavy it is. Even though it's probably meant more for, uh, you know, winter. You almost there?
0: Uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying, I don't. Here, I can try it. Let's see if it plays.
1: This is, is our five for me.
0: I'm, I'm fried. <laughs> this is ska punk. Mostly, no it's ska, but like ska. ska punk is just goes a little harder in the paint. But it's definite. It's from England, and it came across in the '80s to the United States. And from there it turned into like, well, how we know of Scott now is we've um, pictured the Mighty Muddy Boss Tones or we picture oh, it's second, we picture it's I like, know that. s- that's yes. its second wave. Okay. And that's when it, when people really started to hear it. It's not the only wave of ska, but that's where that comes from. And that merged with, like, Sum 41 and Goldfinger to become a little bit more, okay. you know, with a lot more energy-driven guitar music and stuff like that. All right.
1: I now understand. And I still do wish, though, that you would have been with me when uh, when we had the drummer from Goldfinger. You did, great. On. You did great. You did great. Thank you. I, th- I, I think it sounded probably better than, than my confidence was. My confidence was leaking, for sure, uh, in that interview, but... All right, we got through it. All right, and we got through today. Mike was off today for showpin the bulldog. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. If not, I mean I'll be chiming in regardless, so you'll hear from me tomorrow uh, here on the station. Thanks to Corey for jumping on. Thanks really to everybody for kind of scrambling here. A cavalcade of stars. Yeah. Sal coming in from 3 to 5.30, Jeremy from 5.30 to 6.30, Franklin, who's normally here during the midday, hanging around until 6.00, Corey coming in after his job throughout the the, the midday, coming in from 6 to 8.00, so thanks to everybody uh, for hopping in. Thanks for everybody for listening, and uh, I will talk to you tomorrow, both on with Show in the Bulldog and on the night Thanks for listening. Enjoy your night. This has been
0: WGR.